Once in a while, doing a challenge is a great way to jumpstart anything you're doing creatively, and songwriting is, of course, no different, which is why on the YouTube channel side of things, I put out my 30-day song seed challenge probably about a month and a half ago. So in this episode, I am going to be talking about what results I got from doing it and hopefully encourage you to take that challenge as well. And of course, I will explain the challenge if you don't follow the YouTube side of things. Let's talk about it. Hello, friend. Welcome to another episode of the Songwriter Theory Podcast. This is episode 141. I, as always, am your host, Joseph Vidala. Thank you to all of you um, who have left reviews. I've noticed that the reviews have picked up a little bit more uh, in recent weeks now that I've been asking you to leave a review again. Um, So if you are a listener and have been a listener for a while, if you could leave a five-star review on iTunes specifically, that would be super helpful. Thank you to all of you who have done that. It means so much to me. It helps other people find this podcast. And then that way, if I've helped you, I will be able to help them as well. So you can spread the love to others by leaving a five-star review on iTunes But today we're talking about the 30-Day Song Seed Challenge. So what the heck is the 30-Day Song Seed Challenge? Let's cover that first. So the idea behind it, uh, well, there's, there's really a couple of ideas behind it. But the first thing is it gets you to commit to doing a small amount of songwriting every single day. Because I think it's an important habit to get in the habit of doing songwriting every single day, or at least close, right? It's like anything else. It's not the end of the world if you miss, say, one day a week, right? Most people don't even work out, for example, you know, seven days a week. Most people work out five, six, right? Maybe maybe even three or four, right? And that is just fine, And in the same way, you know, if you eat well six days a week out of seven, that's better than two out of seven. Now, seven out of seven is ideal, but, you know, we we take what we can get in songwriting and take make taking time or making time for songwriting is really no different in that, you know, yes, it's good to songwrite every day. We should strive to songwrite every day. But the world has not ended if you miss a day or if you have a week where you don't really do it because maybe you're on vacation or something, which, by the way, the reason this podcast is very late is I was on vacation and I recorded it with the equipment I did have with me, which was basically just my cell phone. And then the stupid website to upload the podcast did not work on mobile and I didn't have a laptop because I forgot my charger. Long story short, that's why this podcast is late. But hey, it means you're going to probably be getting two podcasts two days in a row. But sorry about that. I didn't expect the website to just inexplicably not work on mobile. Um, But anyway, so the Song Seed Challenge is about first doing some songwriting every day for 30 days. But you'll notice it's called the Song Seed Challenge. And here's why. I've, I've seen a lot of challenges out there for songwriting. And for most of them, I thought that's borderline delusional Um, because sometimes it's like 30 songs in 30 days. Like, okay, you could do that, I guess. But first of all, it's probably taking you at least an hour a day. And 
guaranteed the lyrics are garbage throw out the window, which to be fair, I could see. So like, for example, art or not artists, authors, right? People who want to write a book have, what is it? Nano Remo. I don't know if that's how you say it, but it's basically the, the, the one month, I think it's November or October or something where the idea is you just finish a book in one month. Yes, it's going to be garbage, but at least you did it. You have your rough draft and now you can move on. So I could see an argument for that with the songs, you know, 30 day, 30 song type challenge where yes, everybody admits it's not going to be very good, but from there you can workshop it and make it good. I could see that. I still think just to come up with the music for a song, unless you're just using the same chord progression, the entire song for every song, or, you know, you know, you have to have at least two melodies, right? Verse and chorus. Like, even if you don't have a bridge, there has to be at least two song sections for like 90 something percent of songs. Uh, so to me, at least that's something where it's not sustainable. And I get it's maybe not meant, meant to be sustainable, but sort of the idea of the 30 30 day song seed challenge is you're just trying to gather song seeds. So it gets you to be creative, but it's a little bit more within the thought of the whole, you know, 15 minute habits or, you know, there's a million different names for the same concept, but it's that idea of, you know, you start doing something and you commit to doing it for just 15 minutes or just two minutes. And then if you have time or if you're feeling it or whatever, then you can keep going. Right. But it's easier to sign up for or choose to do something when you know you only have to, you're only forcing yourself to do it for, you know, 15 minutes. And when you're signing up to try to write a whole song, no matter how garbage it is, you're probably signing up for at least an hour a day. With song seeds, the idea of a song seed, if you don't know what a song seed is, is really just like the beginning of a song, right? Like just think about what a seed is, like an actual seed that you plant in the ground. So it can be anything from maybe a melodic idea, right? You're humming in the shower and you're like, that's an interesting melody. That is actually not a song that already exists, but I like that. Boom. That's a song seed. Maybe you are improvising on your guitar, doing some solo work. And then you find this riff that you think, oh, that's super cool. Boom. Song seed. Maybe you're playing around on your keyboard or piano and you come up with a chord progression or you come up with a nice little piano riff. Boom. Song seed. Maybe you're messing around with new synth sounds that you're using um, in your DAW of choice if you're recording, right? And you're playing around with uh, VST synths like Omnisphere, for example, which I love. It's expensive, but um, it is amazing if you can get it. Um, but, and I'm not paid to say that, <laughs> uh, but even a new synth sound that you discover or one time I even, cause I wanted to do some like organ stuff. I got a free VST. So a free plugin for any DAW, which by the way, Reaper free, you can, I used it for free for like 10 years before I finally paid the $60 that I should have paid a long time ago since I recorded a full length album using it, um, and multiple other songs, but it is free to download and use with full features, which is why I used it for free for like 10 years. So if you're thinking, Joseph, I don't have money for that, you do, because you have zero dollars or more. Um, so so you can you can download Reaper. But um, if you're playing around with new synths, right, uh, just a new sound can be something that sort of inspires you to, you know, p- 
play some riff or some basic part or some, you know, chord voicings. And you might be like, huh, that could turn into a song. These are all song seeds. And your goal every day in this 30-day song seed gathering challenge is simply to write song seeds. And every day is supposed to be a new song seed. So don't, don't write a song seed on day one and then day two continue off of that song seed. A part of the heart of the challenge is a new song seed every day for 30 days. Now that's not to say that if day two you write you write your song seed for the day, right? So now you have two song seeds, day one and day two. And then you're like, you know what? I really want to work on the song I started yesterday with that song seed. Then you can keep going and keep working on that, right? I'm not saying you must only write a song seed and then be done for the day. No, the only thing you're forcing yourself to do every day is to write one new song seed that's not meant to fit with a previous song. Now, that doesn't mean later you can't combine these song seeds if they do fit together. The idea, though, is that you're trying to write a seed for a new song every day. So, why? Why do we do this? Well, a couple of reasons. One is this is an easy way to get yourself in the habit of writing music and songs every day because at the end of the day probably the most important habit you can have with songwriting is to songwrite right with time probably most of the other stuff will come even what what I talk about here there's certainly an element of there's lots of things people won't discover without learning from someone else that, that that's certainly true and there are some things that maybe you learn in this podcast or whatever other songwriter stuff you listen to that you may never have thought of if you didn't listen to that thing. Sure, that's true. But fundamentally, nobody needs to necessarily learn from somebody else when it comes to creative stuff, right? You don't really need to take art classes to know how to be an artist. You don't really need to even listen to this podcast to songwrite. And, you know, obviously you would think, Joseph, why would you of all people say that? Because it's true, right? The, the goal of this podcast, if anything, is to accelerate how quickly you become better at songwriting, right? The idea this is true of like all education, right? The idea is, sure, you could songwrite on your own and maybe in five, ten years you'll have, you'll know the stuff that, you know, I know or, you know, 10, 15 years, but if you listen to somebody who's done it for 10, 15 years or longer, now you're going to get con like all the time they had to spend to learn and make mistakes. You can sort of bypass some of that time because you're learning from somebody who's done it for longer. Now, of course, that isn't to say that it also isn't true that somebody who's just started can absolutely have things to teach people who've done it for a long time. But that is a whole other subject. But the basic idea here is just at the end of the day, what's most important is that you take the time to do it. If you songwrite every day for just 15 minutes making a song seed for the next 30 days, that is probably going to help you much more than listening to this podcast once a week for the next four weeks. 
Now, obviously, both is most ideal, right? Combining the two. But if you had to choose, at the end of the day, it's more important for you to actually songwrite than for you to listen to this podcast. And I've said this so many times before, right? There's the one podcast where I literally told you, turn it off right now if you haven't songwritten since the previous podcast I recorded, right? Like if you've now listened to two podcasts in a row, stop. <laughs> Come back to this podcast after you do some songwriting. Same idea. And breaking it down into small chunks where we just do song seeds is going to be much easier to actually get yourself to do some songwriting every single day. And again, this doesn't mean you just do a song seed every day. It means that's all you have to do. You can always do more if you're feeling it, if you have time, etc. So how did this help me? I've done this the past probably 45 days now. Um, or 60 days, but I probably missed 15 days, which is a point I would like to make that I sort of alluded to earlier. It's okay if you don't actually hit every day for the 30 days. Yeah, the goal is to hit every single day. But if you do 15 days out of 30 days, that's better than zero days out of 30 days, right? But if you do all 30 days, a part of why, to me, this is super helpful is Let's just assume, this is probably not going to be the case, but let's just assume that all 30 of your song seeds are something pretty cool that you could build into a song at some point. If that's the case, and assuming that you your goal is to record music at about the rate of a pro, right? At about the rate of, of your favorite band or pop star, whatever you listen to, singer-songwriter... On average, it seems to me that about the maximum that any recording artist at this point releases music is one 10-ish song album every two years, which is about five songs per year. So if you start 30 songs, so 30 divided by five is six. That is six years worth of music. If you want to keep pace with some of the more aggressive, honestly, a lot of bands, right? They do like one 10 song album every four years now. Uh, so, so, so one 10 song album every two years is on the more aggressive side. If you want to keep pace with those artists, one 30 day song seat challenge could lay the foundation for six years worth of your music. Now, this is not something to expect. To be clear, I certainly wouldn't expect that. I'd be, I'd be, personally, I'd be happy with two, right? Because that means every year you could do the 30 day song seed challenge and reliably, if even one out of every 15 days you do is a really cool song seed that you could grow into a song that's really awesome, then assuming you do a five song EP every year or a 10 song album every two years, which by the way, I recommend the EP route. Uh, I have a whole episode about that. Go check it out if you're interested. Um, but just two out of the 30 and you have about two fifths, about half of your music for the year, every year, just by doing one 30 day challenge once a year. So all to say, you don't have to be perfect. It's better to do the challenge and miss some days than to not do it at all. But now let's actually get into how it helped me. So one, one thing it really helped me with is to get me out of my comfort zone. And a part of the reason for this 
is, I don't know how you song, right? Um, but I imagine it's somewhat similar to uh, the way I go through things. And for me, the tendency is that I'm kind of writing a bunch of songs at once. I do, I do always do that. But there are songs that I sort of have a focus on. And I tend to put more work into songs that I think have the potential to be on the next EP or the next song I release uh, or the songs that most fit into, quote unquote, my sound are the songs I tend to really keep investing in. Because sometimes in song development or songwriting, you sort of come to that point where you're like, this is fine, but I don't think this will ever be good enough to be in my top five, ten songs that I'm currently writing, and therefore I'm going to just kind of let it go and not work on it anymore. Or sometimes you think, this doesn't really fit my sound, though, so I'll kind of leave it off to the side, and if I'm ever writing a song for somebody else or something, I might repick this back up. Or if my style changes, maybe I'll do that. Then I'll repick it back up, but for now, this song is kind of going to the wayside. And the downside to that is that you can end up doing a lot of songwriting within your comfort zones. And... That's not necessarily a totally bad thing, right? I do think it's important to have a sound, or it at least can be helpful to have a sound. You know, if one of your songs on your EP is a country song and the next one is a hard rock song, you know, a lot of people are going to be like, I don't, I mean, like, it depends how much I like this artist, right? Like, like is rock stuff don't care for his country stuff or whatever now it's one thing from you know if you evolve over time but it's a totally other thing if like even your albums or your eps are seemingly confused so this challenge really helped me to get out of that comfort zone because when you have to write 30 song seeds in 30 days the song seeds while not a song when you're writing them, you're not going to write the same song seed over and over again. So, for example, the second month I did this, the first two days of it, I did what I would consider like quintessential Joseph Vidala sound, piano riff. Because that's kind of my bread and butter, is a song based around a piano riff. And then, by day three, I was at the keyboard trying to do another piano riff, and I was like, ugh, I just don't. I just don't have it right now. Why? Well, because those two days straight, and I believe the weeks before then too, there was a lot of piano riff writing going on. So I needed something different. My creativity had sort of run dry in that area, partially forced by the fact that I have to come up with a new song seed every day for 30 days. And if you're, say, a person who, you know, you're acoustic guitarist, which probably, I don't have numbers on this, my guess is about 90% of you are primarily guitarists, and probably also overwhelmingly towards the acoustic side of things. Don't know that, just an educated guess, based on emails I've gotten and stuff like that, which I also play guitar. Just piano is what I favor. So in your case, right, you might be somebody that always sort of gravitates towards let's do a chord progression first, which, by the way, don't do that. 
download my free guide, 10 different ways to start writing a song because you need to break out of that mold. That is very limited. I would argue in general, we should strive to not start with the chord progression. It is a valid way to start a song for sure. Uh, but I, I personally think it's one of the weaker ways uh, because at the end of the day, um, you know, the, your your hooks are going to be more important. Your melody is going to be more important. Nobody generally listens to a song and says, wow, what a sweet chord progression, right? They think, oh, that's a memorable melody and they hum along or, you know, there's a cool guitar riff that they jam out to or something. Very, very rarely does anybody give a rip about the chord progression. So to start with the part that nobody cares about um, or notices doesn't really make sense a lot of times. Anyway, so if you're interested in breaking out outside of your box, which is sort of what we're talking about here, go download that guide if you haven't already. Ten different ways to start writing a song. It's at songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Link will be in the description. You know the deal if you've listened before. So, so it helped me outside of my comfort zones because by day three of the second month of doing this, I already was having to really change it up. And month one, I, I did a whole bunch of different sounds as well. And it helped me to be forced to actually go find new sounds in Omnisphere to use. It forced me to get the guitar out. And it forced me to figure out different styles of doing things, right? Some, some days I worked on, you know what, I'm just going to come up with a bass line. That's what my song seed today is going to be, is a cool bass line. Because I did enough piano riffs, I did enough in a certain area, and and soon I came across like a synth bass sound, and I'm like, okay, let's, let's do a bass riff then. So bass line. And this sort of connects to the other huge benefit that I personally got from doing this, which is that there's something about committing to writing 30 different song seeds that relieves a lot of pressure. And you might say pressure, like uh, where, where's the pressure coming from? Well, you might not experience this, or you might experience certain sides of this and not other sides of this. But for me, when songwriting, I think to myself, you know, I only have so much time and I know that I want to write five Joseph Vidala songs per year to do a five song EP every year. Um, which I'm behind on, but at least on the recording side. But that's that's the goal. And because of that, and because I'm so picky about lyrics, therefore lyrics take me a very long time, um, which I'm working on figuring out how to get more efficient about that because that is by far the biggest uh, blocker to me songwriting super fast. Music part to me is much easier than the lyrics. Um, and as soon as I figure out great ways to do it more quickly besides the six-step lyric writing checklist, which I also have, um, which is a fantastic process, but figuring out how within that to even speed it up even more is what I'm currently sort of trying to work on for myself. I will be sure to share it with you when uh, I figure that out. But there's something about seeds that helps relieve pressure, for me at least, where I no longer have this like, well, yeah, but I, I got to get five songs done every year that are really, really, really good, that I feel really proud of for the EP. And it sort of makes me lean towards everything that I write. If it starts to slip out of the realm of what I think I would record as my song, uh, 
I'm, I'm kind of quick to abandon that thing. And there's also a tendency that I just don't start writing songs or, or sounds that isn't really my quote unquote vibe as much as I kind of hate that word, but I, I just like won't even start writing stuff like that because I think to myself, why bother? I know that my main goal here is to write as many good songs within my general sound as I can. Um, which is not to say that I don't explore greatly within that sound. Uh, cause certainly I do. And certainly I do all the different ways to start writing a song because it is incredibly helpful. It's something that, you know, even if the songs end up having a similar sound, there are certain ones that started with a bass line. There are certain ones, a piano bass line even is, is fairly common, uh, and then whether I share it with the actual bass is, is a whole is a whole uh, arrangement decision that I have to come to. Um, you know, some start with a piano riff. One of them I've talked about before. For example, I told myself I'm just going to do a finger picking or pick picking on the guitar song. I've forced myself to do that, um, and that's the song that's going to be on the EP that I'm closer and closer to finishing. But. There's a big difference between exploring within your general area, which I think is great and the main thing we should focus on. But sometimes it's really helpful just to refresh your songwriting and get you re-excited when you explore with no limits at all, which by nature is hard to do, right? So some of you have emailed me. For example, this seems to be, interestingly enough, the most uh, common genre of for people who email me and tell me what genre they are. Maybe it's just because I poke fun at country music, so they feel the need to tell me um, that they do it. But I've gotten a bunch of emails from people who are like, hey, I, I, I do country music. And in that case, right, if, if, you, if you're like, I'm a country artist, you probably have, you just always start writing a country song. Right it, now, again, that doesn't mean you don't explore within country, right? Maybe you start a song with piano and maybe you change it up and write a bass line first, and that, but you're still within the realm of country. And again, that's fine. That's it can even be good. But sometimes when you go outside of that and you say, I'm just going to write a little jazz piece, I'm going to write some catchy song that has no country vibes whatsoever. You know, I, I'm going to do this other thing for me. I like mixing it up with some harder rock music, which is really the other side of things I like doing. Uh, in my ideal world, I am a singer songwriter who has my music. And then I also am in a pretty hard rock band that writes breaking Benjamin esque music. Uh, cause those are my two favorite things to write. Um, and, and then sometimes I even have like electronic music that I write. And I, I really like the idea of doing like video game music where I would come up with a motif for each of the characters, uh, a la Star Wars, right? Because Star Wars has motifs for all the characters, and I love that. But video game music tends to be simpler, and you don't have to do giant orchestrations, or at least it used to be that way. Anyway, point is, right, <laughs> like, doing exploration like that can be really helpful and refreshing to your songwriting, even your mainstream you songwriting, right? Like, absolutely, when I go do electronic music that has nothing to do with the stuff that I'm going to release as a singer songwriter that still helps reinvigorate my creativity for my sound and for my next EP. 
And it just gets me re-excited about it. And, and there's also sort of a, a relief of burden with it. Uh, I mentioned, so I mentioned at the beginning of what this benefit was, relieve pressure, right? And it helps relieve pressure because there's something beautiful about I'm writing a song seed and I, A, am not writing it explicitly to be a song on my next EP, which is usually otherwise, at least for me, generally the way I think through songwriting, right? This is my next song. Instead, I'm just thinking, I'm writing a song seed. Who gives a rip what it is about, right? There's a good chance I'm not going to ever use this. There's a good chance that this will be the start of a song that will never be a Joseph Vidaler singer-songwriter song. And that relief of pressure is what really can set you free to do this exploration I'm talking about, where you do something totally outside of your norm, normal genre. And you're also only spending like 15 minutes on this song seed, so you don't feel like, oh, I'm, I'm spending all this time sinking it into a song that I know is not going to be one of the songs I released this year. You know, or at least I don't release as, you know, the the artist that I am, you know, whatever your main act is, right? Maybe you're in a band and you listen to this for songwriting for that band, right? And maybe that's a hard rock band. And so you're writing this country song, say, and you're thinking, well, my hard rock band's never going to play this. So why even bother? Because that's, that's the main, you know, group that I'm writing for. Because that's the band I'm in. This challenge for me helped me to totally break out of that and not give a rip about any of that. And just have fun discover new sounds, discover new ways to do things. And I had a ton of different results. So I had a, I had a uh, couple riffs I came up with that sort of sound like they would belong with a harder rock song, sort of like the, the band that I talk about that doesn't currently exist. Um, you know, the harder rock Breaking Benjamin style stuff. I wrote a couple riffs like that. And uh, I also wrote a track that sounds to me, um, very much like what a backing track to say an NF song would sound like NF, the, the rapper, um, which I really love his sound. I, I really enjoy NF actually, even though I'm not normally a rap person, but my wife converted me to NF. I at least really admire his, his, his writing and, and I like his sound and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, <laughs> NF's not the point, but I did write a track that sounds very much like it would be an NF backing track. Uh, which might be convenient because my wife kind of wants to get into, um, she's been writing some rap stuff and she really loves NF. So that might end up coming in handy or if not, you know, whatever, who cares? Uh, but that was fun to write and came up with a couple catchy synth based riffs that just sound sort of EDM like, and then a couple with a clavicle sound. Uh, there was another one I wrote that sounds sort of like an eight bit video game riff which was pretty fun. It sort of had that that 8-bit video game sound or it also sounded like it would be sort of the backing track to like some some kids video, you know, and there's like a video that's like kid opens Lego for first time and it's like a 2-year-old or whatever and there's like cutesy like kid sounding music. Um it sort of sounds like that. I did come up with some three or four what I would call classic Joseph piano sounds. Um also came up with a Christmassy sounding one that used a lot of bell sounds, um, which is 
I thought was really cool. Cause I, I've, I've kind of always want to write, I, I have a Christmas song that's really quite sad, uh, but I've always wanted to pair it with a, maybe a little less resoundingly sad Christmas song, maybe pair it up, you know, have an A side, B side type thing rather than just being that guy who releases the depressing Christmas <laughs> song. Um, but uh, th- there's also some darker sounding instrumentals I came up with that I, I have no idea what they would be. They could be a, a, a sort of the start of a really harder rock song. It it could be also sort of like a villain's motif riff uh, theme, if you will, for say a, a you know a video game character or, or movie. And and through this, I discovered a bunch of new Omnisphere sounds. Um, so which you know whatever synth plugin you might use, if you do use one at all, maybe you use a keyboard, maybe you have an actual physical synth, whatever your situation. Maybe it's guitar sounds, right? Maybe you're experimenting with guitar sounds and guitar pedals. Um, that is also something that can be super, super useful. So I highly recommend you do this challenge. It helped me a ton, uh, to the point that I low key am considering just like every other month doing this, or maybe even just making this the thing I do every single day. Um, I can't really think of a reason why not to do that. I guess at some point, you know, you want to spend more time on developing songs and, you know, after three months of doing this, you have the start of 90 songs, which is kind of absurd, right? Like most artists never release 90 songs in their entire existence. Um, so, so three months in a row might be, might be a bit much, but it's been a blast. It's helped me creatively, both with, you know, my main sound and in general, uh, it's, it's helped re-excite me about it, which, you know, it may sound weird to say that cause you might say, well, Joseph, you literally choose to teach songwriting every week and you songwrite and and hope, hopefully it comes through via the podcast and the YouTube channel and videos and stuff that, that I do genuinely love songwriting. And that's true. I genuinely love it and I genuinely care about it. But no matter how much you love something, sometimes, you know, sometimes you're so concentrated on like making this one song better that it's it's not that you don't love doing it anymore. It's just that you kind of lose the admiration of like, oh, wow, I really love this, right? Because you're just kind of so used to doing this stuff that you forget like, oh my goodness, this is so cool, right? You can lose touch of that sometimes. And it's just a good way to reinvigorate yourself and really expand yourself creatively, which I think is really helpful, especially because as you know, and I think I had a podcast about this um, recently, maybe not, maybe it was a video, I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure recently I talked about the idea of you know, it, it can be something that is really, really cool to do with your so- songs where you, I think it was in the, the arranging, the arranging video I did recently or how constraints can actually help our songwriting creativity. It was, it was in one of those I talked about this, but um, the basic idea that I'm going for here is it can be really helpful to explore other genres because sometimes adopting concepts from different genres to what you're doing can be really, really helpful, even if that's taking instruments, right? So if you if you hear organ, you know, there, there's maybe different genres you think of. But for me personally, I hear organ, I think hymn. Like that's sort of the automatic connection that I make. So, and and I, I am a huge fan of hymns personally. So that's an instrument that I'm like, hey, I, I feel like I don't hear organs in enough sound, songs. 
And I want to add that to my music because it really has a grandiose epicness to it, which you can tell by, say, the Interstellar soundtrack by Hans Zimmer, which is phenomenal because Hans Zimmer. And taking things from other genres or, you know, taking a guitar style that normally wouldn't be in your genre, right? Like if you think of, say, country or any specific genre, if you think of like how they normally use their guitars – it tends to be some of the like, like, oh, it's a country song. Let me guess. You have an acoustic guitar is the main thing, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, but, you know, sometimes to mix it up, even if subtle, can be really helpful. And, and doing this challenge and writing a bunch of different stuff with different sounds, different genres, uh, with no pressure really except to write something new and exciting every single day for 30 days is incredibly helpful, I think, to even even just get in the mode of being more exploratory in your songwriting or just in your arranging. Even if it's something that you learn from writing something sort of in a different genre where you're like, hmm, in my arrangement, I'm going to add this other guitar part that is actually a little bit more of like a jazzy sound or is more the way that, you know, a Breaking Benjamin artist would use guitars or maybe a metal artist, right? Maybe maybe you'll write a country song that uses drop-tuned guitars, right? Not a normal thing that you would, that you would have. Uh, I, I don't think anyway. I'm admittedly not super um, familiar with a lot of country music, so... I may be speaking out of out of turn here, but from what I've heard, it's a lot of standard tuning, key of G type stuff. Um, and again, could be totally ignorant. Don't 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 hate me if I'm if I'm wrong about that. But I'm pretty sure though they don't do many songs in drop B. Fairly fairly confident in that because usually that's basically just rock, and I think jazz sometimes does does that, but uh, it's mostly a rock thing. So doing that in another genre is a subtle way to kind of change it up and stand out. So I think this challenge is helpful in that quest as well. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Um, I know that talked about a, a bunch of different things and this wasn't exactly a linear episode, but if it was helpful, if you find this podcast helpful, um, or even if this week wasn't the most helpful, but you have enjoyed this podcast for the other episodes you've listened to, be sure to leave a five-star review on iTunes. It helps me out so that more people find the podcast and the more people that find the podcast, the better because the more people are hopefully learning and going out and doing songwriting, uh, which hopefully means there will be more great songwriters in the world. And maybe someday we will live in a world where WAP doesn't hit the charts. My goodness, do I hope that that world <laughs> is out there in the future. Uh, but anyway, uh, be sure to check out my uh, 10 different ways to start writing a song if you haven't already. It gives you five from a lyrical standpoint and five from a musical standpoint to really start writing a song from different angles. I am a big fan of starting songs with, with from different angles because of how it helps you not stay in the same small creative box um, usually, as you probably know, if you've listened before, uh, I tease the common songwriter pitfall that I see, which is your acoustic guitarist songwriter who you always grab the guitar and you come up with a chord progression and then you sort of hum on top of it. And that's how you start every single song. And that is how you get to song five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, 10. And they start to all sound the same. 
and, you know, just grabbing your bass guitar instead, or just, I mean, like the bottom four strings of a guitar is just the bot is the same as the strings of a bass. You can write a bass line on your guitar. Sure. It's an octave higher, but it's the same notes. So, um, you know, just changing it up, changing up how you start your song, whether you're starting with a theme or starting with a specific line or just a symbol on the lyrical side or on the musical side, you know, starting with different instruments, different sounds is a great way to mix up your songwriting while still staying within your sound um, or, or not staying within your sound if you don't want to. But check it out if you haven't already. Songwritertheory.com slash free guide. Thank you, as always, for listening. I appreciate every single one of you, especially those of you who have left a review. An extra thank you to you. Again, it means a lot to me, your kind words and also the stars as well. But uh, the kind words specifically keep me super motivated and keep me uh, excited to come back every single week uh, to teach more, knowing that I'm not just speaking out into the ether and no one hears, listens, cares, or is helped by what I'm teaching, because I don't want to teach if it's not helpful. Um, Believe it or not, I don't enjoy the idea of just talking into a mic for 45 minutes so that nobody gets anything from it. Shocker, I know. Um, but thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you, I'd say next week, but I believe it will be tomorrow because this should be released on Sunday. Um, and then next podcast will be on Monday. Got to keep it every week. So anyway, I will talk to you probably tomorrow.